Hello everyone, this will be episode 21, theoretically the second week of January 2024. More stories about with Chuck. There's this one story, it's one of the most bizarre things I've experienced. Tom, Don, and myself, and Chuck, and there was uh, the guy from the house, the, the radio guy, I don't know, there was probably six or seven of us. And there was another, like like I said, the house was kind of a, a commune kind of a house. It was open to people. There was this guy that was passing through. He was coming from, I don't know where he was coming from and going. To, I don't know where he was going, but he was passing through. And uh, while he was there, uh, we all ended up taking acid. But the thing about that was that uh, Chuck and I, I don't remember who else, but Chuck and I had also done some MDA. So it was like MDA and acid. And um, it seems like Tom Tom did MDA too. I can't, I can't fully remember, but that's what it seems like. Anyway, so once we got into this body rush, mind rush, expanded reality, um, this guy that was there that was just passing through, he... Uh, he said, oh, I got this really cool thing. And he pulled out this lamp. It was, uh, you know, about, I don't know, just over a foot tall, maybe, and full of oil and uh, different colors of water, I think, you know. And you plug it in and you turn it on and it bubbles. And everybody now would know that's a lava lamp. It's a lava lamp. It was a new thing then. <laughs> this lava lamp, none of us had ever seen one before. That I... I, I can't remember, that's a bizarre thing to me to think, that there was a time before lava lamps. But anyway, while we were sitting there looking at this lava lamp, the guy said, yeah, well, this lava lamp, it tells, you can tell the future, you can see into the future with this. He says it's actually, it's got a lot of uh, magical powers. And uh, so he was, he was like, we're like, what, what are you talking about? This can tell the future, okay, like, what do you mean? He said, well, just right now, and he said, uh, somebody's name is, uh, right now, somebody's name, this person is walking up to the door, and uh, they're about to ring the doorbell, and they're looking for a place to stay tonight, so, and then all of a sudden the doorbell rang, like, no lie, and the, the guy said, I'll be them, and so the radio station guy goes down there. And uh, answers the door, and it's like, yeah, yeah, he's looking some guy looking for somewhere to stay tonight. Oh, okay. Uh, the radio station guy comes back up and says, "Oh, that's right, that's right." He says, "Oh, you know, like you see into the future, like if uh, if you see what's what's in store for you." You know, Chuck's like, "What do you mean? How can it do that? Like, well, show show us how that works." And he says, "Okay, Chris, I need you to go down to the kitchen, get a knife." And a, uh, I can't remember, a flashlight, whatever. He said, get these items down in the kitchen. So I went down in the kitchen, and while I was looking for the knife and the flashlight and whatever the specifics were, I could hear his voice. Like, I was, they were upstairs, and I was downstairs. And I could hear his voice as he was talking to the other guys in the room and saying, oh, he's, he's picking up the knife now. Oh, wait a minute. He's standing there listening, and I could hear him talking, and that's what he was telling those guys. 
anyway, you go through this whole process of, you know, do this, that he can, and I can hear him tell them what that uh, exactly what I'm doing. And he's right. And then I, and then he goes and he's now he's coming back up the stairs and he's just about coming to the room. And here he is. And just as he says, and here he is, I walked into the room. Like it was astounding. And we we're all just like, whoa, I got to get me one of these, you know, like this thing is amazing. Like it was, it went on for a couple hours where stuff like this was happening and he was telling us stuff. And I remember those two things because the one was the first one and the other one involved me uh, directly. So, uh, anyway, in the end, the guy, um, he says, uh, you know, I really could use some money. Like, um, I, you know, I, if somebody's interested, I'd re- I, I'll sell the lava lamp uh, because I, I need some cash. I got to move on, right? And so uh, Chuck buys the lava lamp, right? <laughs> so he buys it off of this guy. And then later that night, we're all sitting around and we're stoned. I don't think we were on acid. We were just smoking dope, probably did MDA again. We're sitting here looking at this lava lamp and freaking nothing's happening. Nothing. <laughs> we weren't, there was no future. There was no, <clears throat> excuse me. There was no, um, there was nothing. It was just the lava lamp, which was kind of cool, but it had no magical power. And, the, and, you know, it's like Chuck's going like, oh man, he ripped me off. It's, you know, we're, so we're thinking this guy is a salesman and that's what he does. He goes around and sells these lamps or whatever or he's a con man how he did it i don't know don't know it was just one of those bizarre bizarre things eh? you come to expect the unexpected the interesting thing about that story and then the other stuff that those other stories like the story i told last week and just the other stories that you know i've said before there's like a thread that runs through everything But looking at that incident and internalizing it and bringing out uh, um, maybe a lesson, you know, from it, I think there's probably more than one lesson you get for something like that. You know, even then I had a, a somewhat philosophical mind. In fact, that's probably when it was started when I was 12. And um, you begin to think about, like, okay, so this guy ripped us off, so or ripped Chuck off. So how do you, how do you figure, st- like, how do you figure that stuff out? How do you see, how do you see that coming? How do you prepare yourself to deal with that? I don't believe at that time I would have associated that to being wisdom, like having wisdom. Yet, as as I matured probably when I was 17 or 18 or something like that. And I, you know, I recalled that story. And I think I began to understand that to avoid that required wisdom. So 17, 18, I'm living, you know, as a a backslidden, what they would call a backslidden Christian. And that means somebody that... um, kind of turn their back on the faith you know and it's not that they stop believing necessarily but they turn their back on it and they walk away because i wanted to be god i wanted i wanted to fulfill my flesh i wanted to fulfill my ego or whatever and yet i never i never stopped i never stopped 
reading and praying. I never stopped believing. I just stopped living it. That introspection there, right? So, but one, I, I mentioned it before. There's these bedrock passages of scripture, or there's what else you could call them, anchors. They're high watermarks or watermarks, or you know, they're they're things that stick out to you and impress you in in your living and you remember them and the one from james was let patience have a perfect works now i said that one once before but the thing about that that particular scripture is that in my life that was one of the first things i remembered that that would take me if i had an issue some whatever and that could have related it would take me back to james and i would read james again and i would read that passage let per- wisdom or let patience have her perfect works and the i said wisdom is because the portion the portion after that i'm going to read that if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask god who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him but let him who asks ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. When you ask God for wisdom, believe God can give it to you, first of all. <laughs> and then believe that you're going to get it. Believe he can and believe you are. And then you ha- you're, you become aware of that. You become, you're looking for it. You're looking for the ability to look through something and say, this is wisdom. This is how I apply this to this situation here that I'm experiencing right now to discern not only what you're hearing but where it's coming from and the point of view that that is presented there you need to do a bit of research you need to look at who owns what and does what and um and now all the mainstream media providers now they're all owned by BlackRock and Vanguard they're all you know those are the majority stakeholders so you know what? They're there to make money, but they also seem to have some kind of an agenda besides making money, because they're 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 big behind the whole woke ideology that's being pushed in the West. And you know, the rest of the world looks at us and thinks we're freaking nuts. No other army is is trying to be inclusive. They want to fight. They want to be able to fight and win. That's China. Uh, you would hope Russians, but. It, I don't know after what's going on with the Ukraine. I don't know that the Russians were trained. Uh, that whole Russian-Ukrainian thing, too. I don't know. Hey, did any of you look at that uh, Ezekiel uh, 38? I mentioned it last time. If you looked at that, you can see that never in the history of the world, as far as I can tell, have the people of Russia and the people of Persia, Persia being Iran, been in any kind of affiliation, allies. They've never been allied with each other. And yet this Ezekiel 38 is saying that's what's going to happen and that Jerusalem will be attacked from the north. Israel will be attacked from the north. So when you look at that, you got to realize the thing that's happening right now, while it could be pointing to a fulfillment of that prophecy it's not it, this isn't it it may be a precursor to it but this isn't it what's gonna what's gotta happen is well first of all hamas has admitted at, at, that iran financed and, and basically directed 
what happened. The thing that happened where they attacked that music festival and slaughtered everybody there. So that, that gives a link to Ezekiel 38, but it's not the final episode. There's, there's still stuff to happen. Um, I don't know if you didn't read it. Again, I would suggest you read it. And the reason I suggested reading out of uh, the, something like The New Living is because it's paraphrased. So, easier to understand. I read New American Standard. Yes, me. English Standard. I read both of those. The one I just read was called English Standard Version. Um, I try to read different translations for the same reason I look at different uh, news sources. I think there's stuff that may be missed by one translation over another. And that's not taking anything away from the work of the Holy Spirit which is where you get the faith to believe and to not doubt that, that James was talking about when you pray and believe and don't doubt. That's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Working in you to show you, to give you wisdom and to show you what whatever Scripture means. You know, If you're seeking God, you'll find it. You'll find it. And that's the thing, you know. Um, even though I failed... In my life, backslid. I failed a ton, ton of in my life. I think my heart, you know, if you look at yourself, I don't know how if any of us really know ourselves. We think we do, but God knows us better. But I think my heart was was pure. I think in looking at Scripture and my desires, uh, not my physical desires, but my desires for truth and life I think my heart was pure as pure as a, a man's heart can be um, and I think God who is my friend and my father Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit I think they work in me to lead me to put me on the path that I need to go that's one of the things I want to share with people like it's it's attainable it's attainable. You can know God. You know, you gain so much. You give everything you have and gain way more than that. That's what I'm learning about. Anyway, that's this one. So the next one will be 22. Okay, there's one more thing I wanted to add. And that has to do with uh, the last two episodes. This one and the last one I talked about Ezekiel, uh, the prophet. And today I talked about wanting to know the future, so telling the future. They're not the same thing. The prophetic utterances are not the same as telling the future or, you know, going to get your tarot cards read or having someone read your poem or, you know, seeing a psychic. Um, in the Old Testament, God pretty clearly warns the people of Israel to not get involved in that kind of stuff. He, he, through his prophets, uh, says that being involved in, in uh, trying to predict the future is um, getting yourself involved in demonic activity. So there's a difference. Um, typically when a prophet says something or 
prophesies, gives a, a warning, and then gives uh, what will happen if you don't listen to the warning. So in Ezekiel, the warning is about the people of God not paying attention to the commands of God, the laws of God, the rules of God. And these last days prof prophecies, they relate to humankind. After Christ, the church are his people. And the church is very broad. And in the last days, it says that everyone on earth will have heard the gospel. That, that's a prophetic utterance that all of the earth will know of the gospel. <clears throat> the, the, the story of, of the Savior coming, the, the Son of God coming as a man to save humankind. There is now this onus on humanity to all of humanity to acknowledge uh, that they have strayed from God's laws which, as I've said before, are just an acknowledgement of God's character, his essence, who he is. And by continuing to resist that or ignore that or to seek uh, power for yourself or praise for yourself, then this, on a global scale, will usher in these last days prophecies which are in Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Daniel and Isaiah and all actually Joel and the book of Joel and uh, all of all of these prophetic books the book of Revelation and there's also some in Thessalonians one of the letters there's prophetic utterances from Christ himself so the onus becomes or the onus is on us as as uh, individuals and us corporately to seek God's face and to do what we can to regain relationship with him, to um, strengthen our relationship with him. So when I say look at a prophetic book, it's a call to examine yourself. Um, it's a call to examine your city, your family, your your town, your city, your province, your country, and your culture, and realize that where where we sit in relationship to what God has called humanity to, how He has called us to live. So. It's um, to some people it's daunting. To others, it's nothing. Just ignore it. It doesn't mean anything. So that's where differences in beliefs, faith, come in. Anyway, I just wanted to add that.
the coast You lived in cities and you lived on farms Still have found what you want the most Don't you talk to the Lord He'll hear you when you call His name He'll never leave or forsake you Your life will 